Hey, what's going on, everyone? Welcome to another edition of You Want to Split That, the podcast that has interesting people and fast food. My name is Bailey Angle, and we are going to take a trip up north today to Rochester, New York, to talk with a very interesting person indeed, and that is Susie Cool. Susie is currently the multimedia reporter for both the Rochester Americans, minor league affiliate of the Buffalo Sabres, as well as the Rochester Americans, a team in the National Lacrosse League. Before that, she was in Salem, Virginia with the Salem Red Sox, where she made history, where her and Melanie Newman were part of the first ever all-female broadcast team in all of professional baseball. Susie is a very energetic person. I love seeing her content on Twitter and has some really interesting content surrounding food. So I thought she would be the perfect person to try a Rochester, New York staple. That is the garbage plate. Now, I got to be honest, this isn't something I would normally eat at all because the garbage plate combines a bunch of food that I didn't really think would go well together. And I've seen somebody eat one in my experience before I tried it myself and it didn't look amazing. So this cheeseburger garbage plate has macaroni salad on the bottom, then home fries. Susie got regular crinkle cut fries, but just semantics here. Then after those home fries, a regular cheeseburger plopped on top of that. And then after the cheeseburger, they call it Rochester hot sauce. It's kind of like a meat sauce. Anyway, I made it at home because obviously I couldn't go up into New York and get it myself from a place. So Susie got it from Empire Hots in Rochester while I made this at home with some groceries I brought from Kroger. Anyway, we had a great talk and I got to try something new and I hope you'll enjoy it. So here it is, my conversation with Miss Susie Cool. So do you eat this a lot? No. No. <laughs> This is, so actually, whenever I came up to interview for my job with the Amherst, my first night in the city, I had to kind of just like hang out before my interview the next day. And everybody that I ran into was like, you have to try a garbage plate. You have to try a garbage plate. So I had my interview, didn't try a garbage plate while I was up here. But then my first day of work, which was training camp, we got free food and it was like free food that we were testing for the arena. And here they were testing what we call puck plates at the arena instead of garbage plates, but essentially it's like a little mini garbage plate. Um, it has like waffle fries and stuff at the arena though. Um, so that was like my first taste of it, literally first day of work, which was pretty, right. pretty funny that I was just like getting right into it. And then I've had it one other time Okay. and it was whenever quarantine like first started, yeah. this brewery like right up the street had a great deal on like pints of beer and like the garbage plate special or something like that. So my boyfriend and I, we ordered it and that's like my only other time that I've had a garbage plate, which well, is, this is my first time ever. I'm going to be honest. I went to Binghamton with the Erie uh -huh. Seawolves when I was the um, broadcast assistant there and somebody yeah. got it. And then it was just that noise of the slithering and like the mixing it all up. Is that the correct way to eat it? So I'm not, because I'm not a pro at eating it and I haven't had many, I don't know. So all I know is that I like to get like a good forkful of the Mac salad, a little piece of the cheeseburger and then like some fries. Okay. I'm um, going to do that right now. This is my first ever, ever bite of the honestly, first Mac ever salad. bite. Yeah. I'm, I'm, 
Mac salad? You've never had Mac salad before? No. And I'll tell you what, Susie, I wanted to have a, a one of these podcasts. So far, it's pretty much, I've known what to expect every time. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. you know, I'll like anything. Mm-hmm. I honestly thought this was going to be gross as hell. But mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm actually pretty impressed. I made the sauce my, myself because I'm in Blacksburg, Virginia right now. Okay. And there's no way that I can find a place Fine. that's making a garbage plate. I mean, the only yeah. kind of tray of anything we have is cookout. This is actually all right. I made my own sauce. The sauce itself is kind of spicy. Okay. Um, I air fried some uh, home fries as well. Because okay. you got the little diced hash browns, right? So my boyfriend got like the home fries kind of thing. And yeah. I, because of my experience at the Blue Cross Arena with the waffle fries, I was like, no, it's just fries at the bottom. Okay. So I actually was being super stubborn and I got fries. Um, and I will say I did like his home fries better than I like my fries. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> so, maybe... a, I, so you got the original, like you did it right since yeah. you homemade it. Got you. Mm-hmm. I'm actually a pretty big fan of the little home fries and the yeah. sauce. The sauce, it, it isn't really an appetizing looking thing. I'm kind of a food no. separatist myself. Okay. So I'm like, I mean, my, my girlfriend was making fun of me because I wanted mm-hmm. to eat like when you're a little kid and you have the little dividers, like in the little kids' cuisines. That's mm-hmm. usually how I eat stuff. Um, yep. But I'm, I tell you what, I'm turning into a fan of, uh, of just mixing it all together. Is this, uh, is this your favorite kind of like, upstate New York staple? Yeah, I think because I've only been here for a year, that's like the only thing that has really stuck out. I think, I mean, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, so that's really only a couple of hours away. Um, And the craziest thing I think we have there is we sell a lot of pierogies and then we have the Primani sandwich, which has the fries and the coleslaw. So I'm pretty used to like mixing my foods together. Apparently, now that I now that I'm thinking about it, I'm used to having fries on like my salad and everything. So this is like I'm not a stranger to this type of food. I I knew you were from Pittsburgh, and I was actually going to revisit that later. How do you like Rochester so far? You've been there a year. Mm-hmm. So whenever I came up for my interview, uh, as you know, we actually emailed back and forth a couple of times over the past couple of years, just right. for jobs and whatnot. Um, but I was in Salem, Virginia for two years. Um, and that was my first, like, other than when I went to college, I was away from home, but it was only 45 minutes outside of the city. So moving to Salem was like my first time that I was really like away from home and away from everybody that I knew and that I loved and cared for. Um, and it felt like home in a sense, but at the same time it didn't because it wasn't like a city like Pittsburgh, like I'm used to. Um, so when I came here for, to do my interview or whatever, that first night, just with how friendly everybody was, like, I still remember my first Uber driver, his name was Kenny and he was hilarious and he was gassing me up and he's like, you're going to get the job. We're going to see you at the blue cross arena. And then I had another Uber driver that was like, just as awesome. I met, a like couple whenever I went out to dinner that night and they were like, Oh my goodness, you'll love it here. So once I came here, I pretty much felt like I was at home. Um, and I don't know how much you know about Rochester, you know about Pittsburgh, but Pittsburgh, it's the city of bridges. So Rochester also has a ton of bridges throughout the city that I was like walking all over like my first night here. And I was like, this reminds me of home. Like this is definitely my next place that I'm going to go. So I kind of, kind of like knew. And honestly, it's just been such a 
comfortable transition just from going, I think Salem was the perfect small place to move after I left Pittsburgh and then Rochester's like the next step up. So it was just like perfect. How's the food in Salem you think? So to be honest with you, I ate a lot of Chick-fil-A and Zaxby's. (laughs) (laughs) That's the correct answer though. I mean, I eat a lot of that. I've been here for seven years. Yeah. So, um, that was like pretty much my go-to. And then obviously like I was at the ballpark so much that I ate chicken tenders and fries like every single night. Um, and then there was just a point where I was like, okay, maybe I shouldn't be eating this so much. So I started just getting like grilled chicken, but really I didn't explore any crazy food. Um, I thought mission barbecue was like strictly a Southern thing here. It's in Pittsburgh now. So apparently apparently it's not. Um, so I would have said that, but now that I know it's up North, I, it's just not as, I guess, special. Um, and then obviously if you've ever been to Salem, Mac and Bob's is like the staple little restaurant there and everybody likes their calzones, but I will say I never actually got a calzone while I was there. I always had an ahi tuna salad because for some reason it was like the most delicious thing that they had on the menu. Uh, you were in minor league baseball a little bit longer than me, but I was, I guess, what were you? Were you in it three years or four? So I was in it for two years. Two, okay. Was going to be in it for a third this upcoming season, but I spent five seasons with the Pittsburgh Pirates up in Pittsburgh. So Right. I've been in baseball for like six, seven years at this point. This would have been my seventh summer in M. There is a lot to balance there. Just being a 20 something year old in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane what people expect out of, you know, their employees. Mm -hmm. Um, But the first thing I want to tackle, because the theme of this podcast, I'm sorry, is a little spicy when I, maybe I put too (laughs) much (laughs) chili powder in it. Um, But you hinted at it. It's like, what do they expect us to eat every day? Mm-hmm. It's just chicken tenders and like, oh, what's on the spread today? It's like, oh, big ass Panera sandwiches. Yeah. Like, I guess this is healthy. It's like, you know, I was surprised I didn't gain a ton of weight. Like, how did you find like a balance of being like slightly healthy? I guess I'll backtrack all the way to whenever I was in Pittsburgh. What a lot of people don't know or realize about like how my career really started out was I was working six jobs and going to grad school. Wow. Um, And every time I tell people that, they're like, that's not possible. I'm like, no, like I lived it. I survived it. It was. Basically, I got used to like packing leftovers. Obviously, my mom was cooking because I was still working or living at home at the time. Um, But I kind of got used to a pretty irregular eating schedule because I was running around like a crazy person, pretty much working like four or five different jobs a day and then trying to do my schoolwork in between. Um, So when I went to Salem, like you said, you're still running around and now, yeah, I'm in one place, but I'm still doing about 30 different jobs at the ballpark every day, which a lot of people like didn't realize and working in minor league baseball. I mean, if we're being honest, you don't make money. No, you don't. And that's just, you do it. You don't do it for the money. You do it because you absolutely love what you do. Um, And especially my first season, I was just an assistant. So I was making $500 a month. Um, and a lot of people don't know this either, but like I was paying for my travel that first year, I was paying for my hotels, I was paying for the gas, I was paying for the food that I put in my belly when I'm going on road trips. So it boiled down to like, if I didn't go on a road trip, I would go back to Pittsburgh and I'd work to make enough money to be able to live and pay bills or whatever. A lot of my diet consisted of ramen noodles, SpaghettiOs, raviolis, like 
you name it, that's what I was eating for lunch. I have, it's actually funny today, my boyfriend, he opened a drawer and he saw these tuna packets. <laughs> and literally I would like eat tuna packets for lunch. Like that's how I would get by. That's no um, way to live. Yeah, exactly. And then my second season was a little bit better because I was a full-time employee and then um, they did pay for my travel and whatnot. But again, you're still on the road all the time. Um, you're still at a ballpark eating ballpark food. So I made the joke like, yeah, I started eating chicken, like slabs of grilled chicken from the grill at um, Haley Toyota Field. But I did end up gaining like a little bit of weight just because of eating chicken dinners all yeah. the time. And like with your crazy schedule, it's hard to find time to like also work out. So I got about, it was like probably May, June last year. And I was like, Oh no, I, I took, a, there was a picture of me somewhere and my face was like, I swear the size of a Spalding basketball. And I was like, this is not for me. I need to figure stuff out. So I started literally cooking like, rice and chicken and just like having it in a container pretty much every single day for lunch oatmeal super cheap so eating that pretty much every single day for breakfast um and then the grilled chicken every single night at the ballpark <laughs> yeah. and then i would ask for a side of hot sauce and they would just douse it in like the spiciest hot sauce i'm like no i just want to i just want to dip but that's cool i'm gonna right. burn my mouth off in this 100 degree weather so that's kind of how i found the balance there. yeah i like how i just said it's like oh that's no way to live and i'm like you know diving into this hot plate i constructed for myself which yeah. I'm, I'm super like i said super surprised i really like but my mouth is pretty warm and I was like you know just talking about health but I don't know if you noticed and I hope you don't mind the recipe called for like a beer so I was like okay, okay. if I crack this open and just pour a little bit in there I might as well drink it with it because I want to get the full upstate you gotta get the full effect yes yeah, I was absolutely. going to crack a beer um but I'm obsessed with drinking water so <laughs> It is just water for me. I'm already doing a garbage plate here today. Yeah, I feel kind of bad. You know, yesterday we were communicating and you were like, oh, I'm working out. I'm like, oh, maybe this isn't the right thing if you're really that serious about it. But uh, no, I'm no it's okay. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to get back to Pittsburgh eventually? Um, eventually, that's the goal. But um, I think a really great realization that I've kind of had over the past couple of years is you know, I always, every time I was in Pittsburgh, everybody was always like, what's, what's the plan? Like, what's your dream? And I'm like, oh, I want to be a sideline reporter for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And then everything happened in Salem where I hopped in the broadcasting booth and I started to really like that. And I was going to have a, a little bit of a chance to do that in Syracuse this summer. I really love working here in Rochester. Um, and if you would ask me now, like, what's my five-year plan? I, I don't know. I don't know exactly not that I don't know what I want to do. Like, I know I want to do something on air, but you don't know what opportunities are going to come to you, especially right. with digital content just taking off, especially over this time period with COVID hitting and whatnot. You don't know what organizations or what TV stations or radio stations, whatever, what they're going to do after this all ends. Um, so yes, the goal 100% is to get back to Pittsburgh at some point but at the same time too this has been a really great period for me realizing like how great I have it here in Rochester like I'm am I in the NHL and I in the MLB whatever 
No, but I'm still a multimedia journalist for a team doing exactly what I've always wanted to do. And that's something, something that I now can say, hey, I did it. Now, this is food content. And I was going through the, the Suzy Cool website. And oh, uh, I saw that a lot of your content is, is food related as well, including yes. it was some sort of like slice of pizza type mm -hmm. deal with with the Rochester uh, Americans, the hockey team you work for. I, I, I was just wondering, is food just kind of like something you've always like tried to make content with or is it just when you got with this hockey team? Well, I'm not really sure how the idea came up. I know that Curriculos was looking to do like a sponsored segment um, with myself and the players. And then it was like our head of like our video department and then my boss, the head of PR, they both kind of were like, oh, we have this great idea. Send Susie to the players' houses. She's like delivering the pizza and then she sits down and has conversation with them. But I will say I have done a couple of other things too. There was like an entertainment piece we did around Thanksgiving where I was like stuffing food in the guys' faces. Um, if I was going to be in Syracuse this upcoming summer, there was an idea that I was going to be doing a segment called like what's the scoop and we would like sample uh flavors of ice cream which i was oh, super awesome. excited about because i'm obsessed with ice cream um i don't know if like it necessarily was like ever in my cards um but now that i've started doing it i actually like it because it adds like it just makes it more comfortable to talk to the people like just sitting there eating a piece of pizza and whatnot so I really, really enjoy it. I don't know if it's something that I like sincerely sought out myself, though. I think other people kind of saw it as like, hey, she works out a lot, but like, let's have her <laughs> eat a ton of pizza to like yeah. counterbalance everything. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm trying to counterbalance it today, too. Where are you at on your cheeseburger trash plate? So <laughs> I'm, I'm like very self-conscious of my chewing, and I don't want to be too obnoxious. No, go ahead. Like, you're not doing it, like, right into the mic. I'll tell you if it's loud. Okay. Right. I just, um, I'm doing pretty good. I'm almost done with, like, the cheeseburger part. I just have a lot of fries, and they're really soggy. Oh, I'm, re okay. I'm regretting my decision of the soggy, the, the fries now. Yeah, me and your mans made the right decision to go with the, uh, the home fries. Um, I'm still really liking it. I think that you got, like, the snack size too and I, I, did. Might, I might have went a little bit overboard I was like let's just pour it all out and see what happens mine is a snack size so this is what we're talking about everybody oh that's that's probably the same I'm doing right now really yeah I yeah. should have Zach come out his is literally like humongous okay <laughs> it is like you know the styrofoam takeout containers like the big ones yeah it is one of those, but it is completely filled to the brim. Like it's overflowing. Right. And it's funny because he's like in back in um, another room right now. And before he went in there, he's like, I seriously feel like I crushed so much. And then I looked over it and there's like not even a dent. So I didn't really have a similar interaction with uh, my significant other. I'm actually at her place right now and, and used her kitchen to make it. And she, she's she like, was why like, did you do this? Yeah. She's like, this looks really gross. And I was like, honestly, you're right, but I'm, I'm very, like I said, very surprised uh, that this actually turned out all right. You're making all of this like, you know, content where you're, you know, you got the mic in hand, you're kind of doing like a sideline reporter thing. Isn't mm -hmm. that sideline reporting extremely hard? I hope yes. you say yes. Okay. Yeah. Leading questions. If you, if you were going to say no, I was like, come on, Susie. But like, I'm glad you said yes. No. So a lot of the work that I've done before I even got here was a lot of just like pre-taped stand-ups or like 
on-field hosting. Um, so honestly, like those two things are my strength. I can do a stand-up. I can memorize literally the longest script and I don't even need um, a teleprompter. Like it's unreal. But then all of a sudden when you put me live in your sideline reporting, I'll admit I'm the sideline reporter for the Nighthawks. And that was one of the things looking ahead to next year, like I 100% need to work on. Right. And you don't know why, like I have no idea why, because when I'm in an arena, I'm literally live in front of 6,000 people that can see my face right then and there. Why am I so nervous whenever I go to sideline reporting and I don't know who's even watching or if anybody is even watching, you know? Yeah. So it's definitely different. I think that I don't even know how to explain it, but I think with like standups, you know, like it's pre-taped and if you mess up, you can do it again. Within arena hosting, I've gotten to the point where I'm so comfortable where if I mess up, I like make a joke out of it. Whereas when right. you're sideline reporting, it's supposed to be serious. Like you're supposed to talk about the players. You're supposed to talk about like, if they're injured, you're supposed to tell a story about their lives. And if you mess that up, then like, there's no taking it back, I guess. Yeah, exactly. And it's also because I've, I've done play by play and, mm -hmm. and a few sideline gigs for the ACC network. And I think the biggest thing is, is the fact that when you're a play by play guy, like, you can make a mistake and then you have two hours to fill mm -hmm. it up. If you're a sideline, you got what, like four or five hits at yeah. most. That's a lot still. Mm -hmm. And then if you mess that up, you're like, well, I'm batting like, you know, 125 today. And that really exactly. eats at you after a while. 100%. And that was like the thing with the lacrosse broadcast is I would always kick off the broadcast with keys to the game. So if I fumbled through that at all, I was nervous to do any other live hits. My hot plate's getting kind of cold or hot plate, whatever, garbage <laughs> plate. Um, and plate. I, I got to say, like, the, the macaroni salad tastes all right when it's cold because it's obviously supposed to be cold anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it is a little bit more of a challenge to eat when it's a little <laughs> bit colder because then you're kind of realizing what you, you've done to your body for the past, I don't know, we've been on for almost uh, 30 minutes now. And yep. uh, I'm not, I don't feel really good about myself, Susie, but you know, I'm, I'm, uh, just I'm so happy I tried it. something. <laughs> <laughs> so you did play by play with the Salem Red Sox. And for those of you who don't know, Susie and Melanie Newman made history for being the first ever all female broadcast booth in all of professional baseball, right? Yep, that's correct. So, is what's like the biggest thing that you've learned from that whole year? That's tough because I feel like there were so many different lessons within that year. Um, yeah. And we kind of touched on a little bit of it. Obviously, Melanie, now she's with the Baltimore Orioles. She's amazing with her on-air presence, and she's a great play-by-play -play and color commentator. Um, so I learned a lot just in the aspect of being able to uh, – because of the year prior, I was just doing – analyst work. Whereas last year I got to jump in and do play-by-play -play when Melanie wasn't there. And even when I went on the road with her, we would switch innings or whatever. So I learned a lot in that aspect, but I think my biggest lesson that came last year was, and like I said, we touched on this, um, the fact that I was wearing so many hats. Um, and I'll be the first to admit, um, like, there were days like if Melanie wasn't there, I was loaded with like pretty much everything that she had to do on top of everything that I had to do, which meant I, that I was at the ballpark from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. midnight. And then I might have to do it all over again the next day. And if nobody's familiar with that, I mean, it's like I'm going in and I'm 
recording my keys to the game. Then I'm printing stats packs. I'm checking rosters over. I'm checking lineups. Then I'm checking the game script because I'm in charge of that. I'm checking the Dropbox. I'm checking graphics. I'm checking social media and making sure everything's scheduled. Then I have to make sure my promo crew's good. Um, If I'm not on-field hosting, then I have to have a host rundown for the day. If I'm up in the broadcasting booth, I need to make sure that the broadcasting equipment is good and ready to go. And then before the game even starts, I have to run an entire pregame. And then five minutes before the game starts, if I am in the radio booth, I'm running up there five minutes before the game starts, filling out my lineup card, and then broadcasting an entire baseball game for three and a half hours. Um, That's the thing I don't miss about minor league baseball, though, is because, mm -hmm. like, pretty much the last thing you do is the only thing you want to do, which is actually call the game. Yes, 100%. Or even if it's like on-field hosting, like I loved hosting because I would get a little bit of a break. Or if I'm broadcasting, I'm just talking about something that I absolutely love. Um, The other stuff leading up to it is what earns you those moments though. Um, But as out of breath as I am even saying everything that I did, which I'm not even covering probably three quarters of it for all I know, I'm probably forgetting things. There was a point where I can admit it was about July last year where I kind of hit a burnout period. And um, I've talked to a lot of people about this lately. Uh, I call it like the highlight, highlight real effect. So like you look at everybody's Instagram or you look at everybody's Twitter or Facebook and you're seeing all these great things that they're doing and you're seeing how they're so successful, all this stuff. And I can admit that people have fallen victim to like what I've posted, but what they didn't know was like, honestly, last summer, probably July, that was one of the toughest times in my career. So honestly, it took when my dad visited me in July and he's like, I've never seen you like this. Like you're not happy, which means you're not doing your best job that you could do. If you need to come home after this, like you can And I told him that's not fair to me. Like I've worked way too hard. Like I can't just go back to Pittsburgh and have a regular desk job. Like I would be brokenhearted. Um, I just need to find something else. So I think my biggest lesson that I learned was like, it's okay to just be like, this is enough. And this isn't for me anymore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I totally get that. And I totally understand the highlight reel thing. Yes. Is because as soon as you get out of college and Mm -hmm. like, we're, you know, in, in being broadcasting and, and being in, yeah. in sports, you're like, it's oh, tough. I got to go live in like, I mean, for you, Salem, Virginia, for mm-hmm. me, it's Erie, Pennsylvania and Bluefield where I don't yeah. know a soul. Well, Bluefield, yes, but Erie, absolutely not. Um, yeah. And then you like look at everybody else and they're living in like Arlington, Virginia and going to Don Tito's every weekend, which I've been yeah. and it was pretty lit. But like, besides the point. <laughs> um, yeah. but you do have to like remind yourself like oh I'm still doing what I want to do and I'm like I, I wouldn't mm-hmm. want to do this anywhere else and I'm not going to give up yeah and I think that also that like highlight reel or whatever it definitely pertains to a lot of people in our industry because I know myself and I'm sure you catch yourself at times you see other people doing what we want to do elsewhere yeah. and that's why you know, that was my lesson last year. Hey, it's okay to not be where you want to be, but like you have to figure out where to go next to be healthy. Uh, You said a bunch of cool stuff right there. And I'm just like muscling through these meat sweats (laughs) from this big uh, cheeseburger. I realize this is the first time we've ever actually met. And I'm just like, oh, I feel gross. And I'm sweating after eating this humongous thing. But it's just the spirit of the the whole deal. Um, You said something a little bit earlier. Mm-hmm. I think it's what a lot of broadcasters have to do. I, I just want to clarify. When you say you were working six jobs, did you yeah. mean like six jobs at 
with the pirates or like six jobs just everywhere? Six jobs everywhere. Yeah. How the hell did you do that? So I will explain all of them here and then I will take you through a time period, which was absolutely insane. So basically summer of 2017, I always tell myself when I get down or I think something's too hard, I'm like, no, I survived September of 2017. Like I can literally survive a zombie apocalypse at this point. Yeah. Um, so essentially <laughs> over that time period, I worked at my gym that I was going to. I worked as a ball girl. I was the co-host for the P Pittsburgh Pirates. I was the reporter and on-field host for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds, which is the USL soccer team in Pittsburgh. I was a social media coordinator at AT&T Sports Network, and then I also was a producer at 93.7 The Fan, which is our sports radio station in Pittsburgh. Um, and then, like I said, I also was attending grad school. So yes, everybody, stop thinking that I'm making this up. It happened. I promise <laughs> you, I lived it. Um, pretty much every single day, I would wake up about 4.30, and I'd be at my gym by 5 a.m., I would work at the gym from like 5 a.m. to 10 or 11 a.m. And then I would head over to the soccer stadium, tape whatever I needed for that week. And then I had about like two hours to go home, shower, and do a little bit of homework. I then would head back into the city and I would go to AT&T and prep pretty much like anything that I needed to for the night. What time um, is this right now? I just wanted to get what part of the day. It would be at. about like three Oh, we're not even, like, the sun is still up. Yes, the Damn. sun is, like, right. most definitely still up. <laughs> um, so I'd head over at and do whatever I had to do. Then if I had a little bit of time before I had to do any of, like, my um, hits for PNC Park, I would do some homework on the TV truck. Then sometimes I would go and do my hits. And then either I would go out onto the field and ball girl for the night, or I would go onto the TV truck and do my job there. Um, it just depended. Now, mind you, also, there were days where I would maybe work at my gym and then I would produce at the radio station from 10 to 2 p.m. And then I would go to the ballpark and do three different jobs. Um, so basically, I would wake up at 4.30. I would get off work at about 11.30 midnight every single night. And then I would do my homework in that like one or two hour period or literally between innings if I was on the TV track. And yes, I skipped class all the time if you were going to ask that. Yeah, yeah uh, no, that makes sense though because I was like, every when I was in school at Virginia Tech, I was like, mm -hmm. whatever I'm doing, if I'm calling like a softball game or a soccer game and if it messes yeah. up with classes, like I'm going to pick the soccer game. Like this is what yes. I have to do to get better. So, and I that was, that was like that. the deal, I guess, that I had with my professors, not a deal. I kind of just was like, look, you know, <laughs> they kind of ragged on me a little bit, but then I was like, I'm going to make the money that it takes to pay for this class in my one night at PNC park. And I'm also going to learn 20 times more there, no matter what I'm doing. Cause even yeah. if I was ball girling, I could go to the TV truck beforehand and like talk with my colleagues. I could go up and talk to Steve Blass and, and Joe Block and Greg Brown. I could do whatever I wanted and talk to whoever I wanted. And that's more informative to me than reading out of a textbook for something that I might not use. Yeah, you're totally right. Did you go to St. Vincent? I went to St. Vincent College for my undergrad and then Point Park University for my master's. Okay, so two, St. Vincent's in Latrobe, right? St. Vincent is in Latrobe, where the Pittsburgh Steelers have their. That's what I was about to say. Cream. So I'm a huge Steeler fan. Okay, let's go. Yeah, did you ever uh, rub any shoulders with those guys? No. No. Yeah, no. I applied for a couple of jobs there, but they weren't exactly in anything that 
I really truly wanted. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't like any on-air positions or anything. So I, um, I never really got a look at, but still, still respect the, the Steelers, obviously huge yeah. fan because I grew up there. So. Right. None. They're off to a three and O start, which is this yes. the first time since I was 15. So I'm pretty okay. happy about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, now you're in Rochester eating garbage plates. So everything worked mm-hmm. out. Everything worked exactly. out. <laughs> I am almost done with this. I got a few more macaroni salad things to eat. Um, that sauce was really good. Was yours spicy? No. Really? Okay. Maybe I, <laughs> I have no idea it. what you did to yours for it to be spicy, but. <laughs> I tried to like eyeball it and it was just like, oh, a tablespoon or a teaspoon of cayenne. And maybe I just did a little too much of that and the chili powder. Um, which made it a little it, the heat there, but uh, no, I'm mm-hmm. uh, I'm definitely happy with this, and uh, I'm glad that you made me reach out and and, and try this. Um, mm-hmm. So with moving around, does that kind of scare you at all? Because I know that's something that kind of honestly uh, terrifies me, just like moving around from place to place. Um. So if you would have asked me before I left Pittsburgh, I was terrified. Um, yeah. What a lot of people don't know is when I got my job first job offer from Salem is I actually waited three weeks to accept the job. Um, And it took pretty much everyone at the Pirates and AT&T to sit me down and be like, no, you have to do this. Like one of my mentors literally sat me down and was like, look, Susie, it's like you're on a treadmill. You're doing great things, but you're not getting anywhere. And when he said that, that was kind of like my slap in the face, wake up call, like, okay, I got to get out there. And then there was another guy that was like, go to a small town, make a name for yourself. Um, So after I accepted my job in Salem, I legitimately cried for like three weeks until I left. Um, And then after I left, I also was just super upset. And that's kind of what like helped propel me to the broadcasting booth was I was sitting there and I was like, I'm an on-field host for a single way team in minor league baseball. Like, what am I doing? Because I thought back to like all my jobs in Pittsburgh and I was like, this is not going to get me anywhere. And that's when I saw... Um, I came across a couple of articles about Emma and I came ac- across a couple of articles about Kirsten and Melanie. And I was like, why can't I do this? Like, why can't I be a school Z's girl? And then when I did that, that's kind of when everything like started happening for me. And Pittsburgh said like, this is what we told you to do. Like, good for you. Um, so after that first move though, and this was something that I definitely took away from Salem was like, it pretty much made me fearless because it made me realize what I need to do to get to that next level. So when Rochester called me and they offered me this job, no joke, I accepted the next day I was out of my lease in Salem, got a new lease up here. Three days later, I moved up here. And another three days after that, it was my first day of work. Yikes. That's a lot. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And my parents were like, are you even ready for this? Like, do you need two weeks? And I was like, no, I'm ready. Like, let's go. Yeah. Um, it was never a question in my mind. And if you ask anybody else, they're like, are you actually an insane person? And I'm like, I guess in some respect I am. But at the same time, like, and you'll get like this too, like when we're like, we're like players almost, when we get the call to the next level or that next opportunity, we have to take it. And there could be a day where they're like, nope, you have to be here in two days. You can bet if they're calling you up to be the play-by-play announcer for the New York Yankees, you're going to be like, absolutely. I will be there. I'll be there tomorrow. So that's kind of just how I see it at this point. Speaking of Pittsburgh, do you ever have to find yourself like um, hiding your accent a little bit? You ever have to do that? 
Yes. So actually before I moved, it was a lot worse. Um, and I don't know if it's just cause I've been away from home for three years. Obviously it's like a lot better, but I still definitely say like a couple of words really weird. Um, I couldn't, Which even, ones? I don't know. My boyfriend says I say building weird. Um, what else? See, that's what I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. I do say a low. I don't think that that's actually how you say it. My what grandma it? said a low instead of a low. Oh yeah, you're wrong. <laughs> I'm wrong. <laughs> um, but then also like, I don't even know if it's like our accents. It's the way that we say things. Like I have a part-time job at Home Goods right now and the lady's like, oh, can you go and get me the shopping carts? And I was like, yeah, I can grab you the buggies. It's more so like if you get ham instead of like sliced ham, you get chipped ham. Oh, okay. I get and everybody's that. like, what? Or um, like if I go and get ice cream, if I want sprinkles, I'll be like, can you put chocolate jimmies on my ice cream? Oh, okay. I've heard, I've definitely heard <laughs> that before. I'm like, I'm just gonna, so, it's easier to say sprinkles. Um, yeah. But I have to do kind of the same thing. We had a, a quarterback this year at Bluefield College and his name was Aiden Wilder. And oh, I just, God, yeah. and, and it's just like, Every time he dropped back to throw, I kind of like hide, you know, I'm from a small town in the country in Virginia. Um, and it's like wilder. And I go back and I listen. I'm like, I'm cringing. So I definitely get mm -hmm. you there with like yeah. trying to hide the accent a little bit. But I will say, so when I left Pittsburgh, that was like one thing that they wanted me to work on. Like, don't, like you can't have your accent, whatever. But then whenever I was like halfway through my season here, that's what makes me me at the end of the day. Yeah. So like, don't lose it too much because then you kind of just like lose yourself. Yeah. Um, and I, now I like that. I just, you know, I have fun and I can, I can talk like Susie talks because when you try too hard to like not talk, like you actually do, it's not natural anymore. Yeah. I mean, you should drop a yins or like, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're going downtown there, or something like that. I, there was last year when I was in Salem, it's actually like on my Facebook and on my Twitter and stuff. Um, I was, taping one of my keys to the game and I was like you can go over to the Salem Fair and you can get a discounted ticket but instead of discounted I said discounted <laughs> and it was like after I said it I just like look in the camera I'm like oh no like that is so bad and I had to put it out on Twitter because I was like this is hilarious like this is how I used to talk or at least somewhat talk like this so right I mean, then you just got to like whip out a terrible towel and own it or yes, something. Yes, basically. <laughs> I wish I would have had one like in my back pocket. Right. Um, well, uh, Susie, you've been great. We've gotten to the point of the podcast where it's called Roast Them or Toast Them. And it's roast oh. if you roast if you don't like it. Um, it's like a roast. I'm roasting your shoes. And then toast okay. is kind of like hold up your glass to this. So roast okay. if you don't like it. Toast if you like it. Yeah, there you go. You okay, got your water bottle. bottle. Um, okay. I already finished up my Bud Light and my garbage plate. Um, okay, so you kind of hinted at it for Manny's earlier, but since you said it, and I think it's kind of like a cliche thing to ask about Pittsburghers. Roast them or toast them fatheads on Carson Street? Fatheads I have had. And hmm, I don't remember what I, I remember I was like on a bike ride and then I just like stopped there for a beer. So I didn't really even have food. <sighs> Does that All still right. count? Like I had a fun time. So we'll toast them. Okay. Oh, toast them. Okay. Yeah. I absolutely love that place. Cause we used to go there. My family, we would go, we go to Sealer games like once a year. Yeah. Um, and we would go there before everyone. And they had these just massive burgers uh, okay. that, that were great. And now that I'm, I'm older, cause I used to go there as a kid, I've been able to try their beers too. They got a gigantic selection. Yeah. <laughs> Way more than the Bud Light. I've been uh, sucking down this, this entire <laughs> podcast. All right. 
Rosem or Tosem uh, with, and I think this is a Pennsylvania thing. People have told me this, vinegar on your fries. I have had that. So honestly, I like love fries. <laughs> like, you, you chose that for your garbage plate today. You didn't even want to yes, go to the home front. Well, you went right yeah. I didn't like them in my garbage plate, but I usually <laughs> love fries. So I'm going to toast that because I've definitely had that before. Okay. Because uh, it's like, if you think about it, it's like salt and vinegar chips. Yeah, it's still, it's still a little weird to me. I mean, I get it. Like when you put it that way, <laughs> salt and vinegar chips, that, that's true. Exactly. Um, roast them or toast them. Uh, Labatt's La, blue lights. I'm going to roast them? Yeah, I'm going to roast them. Why? Just, I'm a fan of a lighter beer. Yeah. So, like, my go-to is Michelob Ultra. Okay, that light. I'm thinking a blue light's pretty light, though. Yeah, but, like, <laughs> Michelob Ultra, I don't know. Anything other than Michelob Ultra just does not taste good to me unless it's pumpkin beer right now. So, <laughs> I'm just going to okay. roast them. All right, um, and then we're going to keep on this uh, on this alcohol theme here. Okay. Uh, roast them or toast them and maybe you'll have to go back to your college days or even high school days uh oh roast them or toast them with fireball fireball you're you're toasting I, to that I'm gonna, you. I'm gonna toast it because i i will admit that i still will do shots of fireball hey. mature. <laughs> so here we are uh i bet uh do you ever have those at the end of like a long home stand that's usually when all, all, all the liquor comes out for uh, the minor league baseball people yeah um either that or honestly the last time i definitely had them was i went golfing with my boyfriend and his friend and the like cart girls they have the little shooters or whatever yeah so we were taking shots of that and i just went on a camping trip with like all of my best friends probably a week ago now and my one friend she brought an entire bag of just like a little fireball shooters so wow my grandma got me some for my 21st birthday, and I can honestly say I think I've had it zero times since then. Oh, no. I'm that scarred. Yeah. Thanks, grandma. But uh, no thanks anymore. Um, well, Susie, you've been awesome. This has been really cool. I've actually never got to meet you before, but I've heard so many good things about you. I want to close this out with uh, what do you rate your uh, cheeseburger snack size cheeseburger trash plate from Empire Hot in Rochester, New York? I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Okay. Um, just beca because I waited a little bit and because the fries were soggy. Um, if the fries were not soggy, it would have definitely been better. Like I wish they were almost like McDonald's fries. I'm going to have to give my homemade Bailey Angle <laughs> Kroger in uh, South Main uh, trash plate special here. Uh, I'm going to have to give it a six. Okay. And and I think that's all right. I don't know if I'm going to have one. It's a lot. If I go to upstate New York, I'm definitely going to get one from like an uh, authentic place. I don't know if I'll eat one again, just like, oh, it's, you know, Friday night. Like, like let's just make one at the house. Yeah. But I was definitely shocked with like the sauce was good and like the consistency, although it looked weird, didn't really freak me out. Yes. And I really thank you for uh, opening this up to me. And uh, for just uh, for being being a great person to talk to about this business and uh, share a garbage plate with. So good luck with everything in the future. And uh, I hope I can see more of your content on Twitter coming up here soon. Yeah, good luck to you. And thank you for having me. This has been fun.